Oh, is that Bobby say. Bond? Mm. Test, yeah, test, hang test. On hang on a minute. I'm going to write into the drama, please. Alrighty, Mr. Nagoya. You ready to rock and roll? Don't look at your emails. <laughs> so we got episode uh, 28. We got Mr. Relaxed CAO Kevin Nagoya wearing an outstanding shirt. Is that your Ottawa shirt? Uh, yes, it's an Ottawa shirt. Yeah. 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 That, guy, that guy's store in downtown Ottawa uh, is fantastic. Um, he just loves us when we walk into that that building and uh, <laughs> he says, Cold Lake is here. Yay. I mean, uh, during COVID, his sales were, were just so bad, right? Nobody was was around. Yeah, nobody on nobody working, right? In, yeah. in terms of Parliament Hill area and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. remember yeah. what his store is called? Oh, I know how to get to it. Obella? Obella? Is it? Obella? Obella? Just a great guy. Anybody looking for a suit uh, and clothes. Yeah. I mean, that guy's... Uh, Going to Ottawa, that is a, a great store. Yeah, he knows how to fit you up really well and uh, measure you up real quick, right? Great old time, old time type happen. of store. Yeah. Great, yeah. Uh, and he's got shirts from uh, different uh, designers that we don't uh, necessarily uh, see here. Well, uh, you especially, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Mr. Robert Graham over here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ted Baker and Robert Graham. But uh, <laughs> it was funny. I was at uh, um, Casual Canoe and uh, the other night, and and a gentleman. Uh, commented on the shirt that I was wearing and uh and he he also is a Robert Graham fan <laughs> and so that was pretty cool uh but anyways um it's snowing out there uh and, and of course we we had some comments about when we're going to start uh, um going around and picking up the snow we've had a great uh, winter for um to save the budget on uh, on on snow removal um what is it now about 200 250,000 dollars to do a complete loop uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a little bit more more involved than that. So, if you take a contractor and not city forces that are sitting on salary right now, because you do have one crew internally and a one crew externally that we hire outside, um, but if you use a contractor equivalently and you just said wipe the city right now, quick clean, regardless of how much snow, um, basically you're talking about two hundred thousand dollars a wipe, yeah. right? And uh, so, if somebody says, well, let's just do it a whole bunch of times, regardless of how much snow. Um, well, your budget actually is only $200,000, right? Like just over that 250, I think is the number. And, uh, so the question is, is if you're going to do snow removal five times, six times, six clears, seven clears in a winter season, where's the money coming from? So do you raise taxes or reduce other services, um, in order to do the snow removal? So that's why snow removal is always on a, trying to balance a reasonable approach to a budget. Because yeah, guess what? The city of Coal Lake. Any community, municipality can do all of its snow removal all within one day, all within a few hours if you want to. It just comes to the question of how much cost do you want to spend? Do you want to, if you blow all that money on that, the question is, do you have any other programs and services of the city, of the municipality, right? So it's always a balancing of how much money and what service level is reasonably achieved within a municipality. And as you get bigger, it gets more complicated because you have to store the snow and there's regulations on how much snow you can store and how the salt is being dissipated into the environment. There's a whole bunch of other considerations. And I know it's simple to look at just from, well, the snow is in front of my yard, right? And can you remove it, please? There's a little bit more involved in terms of federal and provincial regulations. Yeah, the last couple of seasons, I think we were like, we, we dipped into our snow reserves or money that we had put aside for, for you know, the big snowy days. Uh, I think it was like $400,000 each the last past two years that we had gone into our reserves. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You're basically, using your surplus in order to uh, offset the cost because it, of the volume of snow. You remember the big mountains, right? Yeah. You know where the on Fifty Fourth Avenue, pretty yeah, significant. Right? Yeah, we won't have that contest this year unless no. we have a you know a you know in a perfect world we're going to get a really good uh, dump in March, early April, so that the lake can get refreshed up. I mean, that's our big concern going into the spring is the lake is so low, the creeks and rivers are are low, the the grounds are dry. Uh, we've seen the province now reach out uh, on two files, uh, uh, the forest fire situation uh, for this spring and uh, the drought conditions uh, with the water. They've sort of put people on notice across Alberta. So it'll be, you know, and we're anticipating the lake to, to come into this spring at, a, at an extremely low level. And uh, we'll just have to monitor. Hopefully we get a lot of rain. Um, we also had uh, some emails about um, snow clearing inside commercial uh, parking lots. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah so, I saw a couple of those come so, through. So, I mean, the, the big concern in Coal Lake is we only have so many contractors that can do all of the different commercial properties uh, inside the city. And, uh, you know, if you limit the times that uh, they can operate, let's just say from 11 o'clock at night till 5 in the morning, um, it really is It's going to make it difficult for the commercial businesses to have a safe parking lot for their customers. So, you know, we're, we're trying to balance... Um, this out so that the commercial businesses, uh, you know, can have their doors open at 9 a.m. with uh, their parking lot uh, free of snow and the, and the hazards. Um, but we have had complaints of, of the residents uh, of the uh, of the commercial snow. Yeah, parking. residents uh, that are near commercial, uh, uh, you know, outlets and stuff like that that have parking lots. The, the issue is as soon as there's vehicles on those parking lots, it's very difficult to do snow removal. My history is actually equipment operation. I did it many years ago and it's difficult to do it during daytime hours. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, you will be, might be creating damage. You might be hitting things. You can't clear the whole thing. You have to, you got obstacles now, right? The snow's packed down. So it's very difficult yeah. anyways. And that's why you do them at night. That's a normal thing from any community that I've been in. Um, irregardless of just the amount of contractors that are available is just because, um, when customers are all around and you're trying to do snow removal, it gets very complicated, uh, and, uh, for the operator and for the business that's doing that. Yeah. I talked to the one operator and, uh, one of the issues on the one commercial building, uh, in question is that the delivery trucks, uh, show up around five 30 in the morning, uh, for that, that business. So, I mean, they have to have that parking lot uh, cleared for the, the big trucks to come in. Um, so it, it is, uh, it's interesting how we're, we're getting more and more, um, you know, people phoning us up and complaining. Um, it's just, uh, there's only so much you can do. Uh, and you just have to live with it. Yeah. The businesses do need to be able to operate. Right. And, uh, and if you're going to put more restrictions and legislation around how a business can operate and when they can do things, then their products have to increase in price. And that, that's just kind of the, the, the reality of offsetting how they have to do business. And so therefore you, you want to make sure that, uh, you definitely balance that and you want to be able to have businesses to be able to thrive and within your community. You know, last night in council, we, we had to pass the clean energy improvement program. And so, um, this is going to be an interesting one to see how many, uh, residents, uh, uh, put in for this. Uh, but first of all, we need to get some contractors uh, qualified, I guess. Yeah. This is a real interesting conversation because uh, in the Northeast, we have no qualified contractors at this time to be able to certify the, the work and do the work that is required under the, uh, the federal program. Um, I, I, I understand that the federal government has been trying to get this, uh, uh, on board with the city of Cold Lake and, uh, but we are 
there's uh, you'll see social media call for contractors to be part of the program. Um, which if we can't, then nobody can access the program if we don't have anybody in the region that can able to provide that service to the community. If anybody's interested in, in that program, I have, you know, go back to councils uh, from uh, last night, at, uh, February 13th, and uh, check out the agenda and, and read the document. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, you can get all your information there. And then, and then uh, there's an opportunity to, um, to, to borrow against, you're going to borrow the money and it goes against your property tax. And so you're paying it over a 20 year period. It looks like. Yeah, I believe it was about a 20 year period. Interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a new program that is being put towards by uh, the Federation of Canadian municipality with federal funding flowing through the, uh, the municipality associations, both rural and urban. Uh, not everybody's on it, but, uh, the city of Cold Lake is part of the program and our only issue is, yeah, contractors. We need contractors. I think, uh, you know, we've put in for the, uh, the housing accelerator fund uh, and I, and I was just on the website there, uh, the other day and I see that there's not too many Alberta communities that have made Ooh, the, uh, the list yeah, and uh, certainly a lot of Ontario and out East communities, but, uh, you know, this is a great example when you look at the clean energy and then you tie in the, the home, home thing is maybe the, the governments, regardless of, of party should actually just give the money on a, some kind of a per capita basis to FCM to manage. And then they're not really, you know, they can divvy it out, uh, to the municipalities. It's, we have the opportunity, we uh, staff, but a great submission to the feds. Uh, and, you know, it would be great to, to be able to do some of the stuff that we put in that document. Yeah. The, uh, the, the housing accelerator program is being managed by a third party, which is the CMHC. Um, but if you notice in all those, uh, in all the announcements of the third party, um, I think the prime minister has been at them pretty much most of them, if not all of them, like their majority, there's been ministers and stuff that, yeah. that are there. Well, we work, welcome yeah. uh, Mr. Trudeau to come out to, to Coal Lake to announce. Uh, it'd be fantastic. I think we could really, uh, you know, especially when you consider the, uh, uh, all the federal employees that are here uh, in Coal Lake, uh, the opportunity for the young, uh, staff that are with the, the Canadian armed forces to a uh, chance to get into some, uh, affordable housing. That would be great. Yeah, there's been some pretty good. Uh, the city itself, the city of Cold Lake, did submit a big, a big proposal, yeah. um, because uh, there is a major growth, uh, the F35 program that has been announced, and all the infrastructure that is going to be coming with that, and then the personnel after that, um, in in terms of permanent staff that will be later. Um, it is significant uh, kind of uptake for the community, and uh, for us, it doesn't make sense that the government of Canada would not want to be involved in such a program. Uh, here in the city of Cold Lake. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, just a small little entity, but Habitat for Humanity is building some small houses. And then we know that Métis uh, is also building uh, some small houses. So I think, you know, we have the opportunity to, uh, there's a market share for that in Cold Lake. And let's hope, uh, you know, uh, we, we get announced here in the, in the coming months to get into this program. Be great. The, uh, one of the things that uh, came about from a recent meeting was uh, the RITA funding. And so we're going to put together a letter to, to MLA Scott Sear uh, in regards to just lobbying uh, the province to reconsider um, sort of cutting back on on funding for 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 what's called a hub in our area. Yeah, I think what if I you know understand the concern, uh, it was at council meeting there, and uh, the conversation is is the province is committed to funding it because uh, they increased funding to the program. 
I think up to about $125,000 orders of magnitude. Um, and uh, their concern is that they, they're wanting to wean municipalities off maybe from just having it go to salaries and going to projects. And uh, those projects can involve salaries, but, uh, um, but the project numbers, uh, dollars would be kind of task specific in regards to having, being able to have outcomes and whatnot. And I think uh, my picture is the government of Alberta is just looking for more kind of reins on it as they wean municipalities maybe off the hub program and the funding that was in their position intended to be temporary to be able to stand up these uh, regional economic development associations um, in the various regions. And that's kind of seed funding and then you weed you off eventually. Yeah, I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of what the province is doing. I think that, uh, you know, it isn't a lot of money and it gives an opportunity for small, small communities to be part of a bigger entity. And you need to have somebody managing that entity. And so if it's one hundred twenty-five or $150,000, I you need to have somebody managing and representing the region. You know, like Lloyd Minster, Coal Lake, uh, you know, the MD of Bonneville, uh, the town of Bonneville, I have people now in the economic development role. But these smaller communities um, like Two Hills, et cetera, uh, Smoky Lake, I mean, uh, they have to be part of a, of a, of a greater good and, and, and look at just the economic value that's coming out of this region. So it's, a, it's one of these head scratchers again. Um, you know, you got to be careful, in my opinion, uh, when you're trying to, as a province, is is cutting red tape and, and cutting your your expenditures. And sometimes uh, you're getting value for the money that you do put into it, uh, and and you're just you know, putting money in to, for the greater good of of the province. And so I think this one needs to be revisited, and hopefully Emily Scott Sear will be successful in in lobbying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another big conversation at council uh, in terms of passing a uh, subclass assessment bylaw, um, of which allows uh, council to establish, um, we'll call it vacant lands within the community as a different assessment uh, code. And uh, that allows council to consider if council desires that when it sets the tax uh, at the time, uh, whether that um, those, uh, those vacant lands that are out there. And a lot of residents do question, how come that land is sitting there vacant? Um, you know, it should be built upon. How come it just sits and nobody's selling it? And, uh, this allows council to increase kind of the, the margin or the tax rate on that, if it just so desires. And then also in there as an incentive, if those same lands are going to market their lands for sale and post them for sale for a minimum amount of period and other conditions, a few other conditions, they can actually get a tax rebate program. So they pay less taxes on their property as long as it's being marketed. Um, I think uh, we've, uh, you know, the conversations that you have with a lot of the developers and investors that come to the community talk about this, right? Yeah, no, it's frustrating, uh, you know, being in this business for, for a few years. It When people come into the community and they look at the greater Coal Lake, and then when we do what we call the Driving Miss Daisy Tour, <clears throat> whether we do it on the road or you know, through the screen, the big screens, uh, you know, there's certain properties and you go, well, that's not for sale. We don't know if it's for sale. And so this, this, uh, you know, listing it up on MLS, getting in some incentives for, uh, residential and commercial to be listed on MLS. Um, you know, maybe that'll trigger, uh, some properties that, you know, my time on mayor, I mean, I've sat vacant their entire life and some of it's prime, prime commercial property and, and, uh, and prime residential property. And I understand some people, uh, 
use it as an investment. Um, and of course, I mean, uh, you know, you look at what a lot price has escalated. Um, you know, back when, when I was looking at a house back in, uh, in 92, uh, you know, lots were like 17 grand and now they're, they're, uh, you know, probably around a hundred grand. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some people use it as investment and, uh, some people are scared of the banks. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. If you buy this property back in the, you know, some of them back in the eighties or seventies, you bought it for $20,000 or $10,000. Now it's worth a hundred thousand dollars, right? It's, it, you know, it's, you know, when you cash those chips in, it's an opportunity, right? Now, remember the vacant land is, uh, is not just all land that's vacant out there, like farms and stuff like that, that you see the, 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 the big areas we're talking, the vacant lands are kind of properties that are sitting empty that are serviced or services right next to them, ready to go. They can be pretty much built upon already imminently, imminently if, if desired. Right. Um, there is areas that are vacant that are not serviced and stuff like that. So those don't, those are not part of the definition of vacant lands that we're talking about in the community. But and, and some of the lots are owned by, uh, builders that, uh, you know, they sort of plan ahead and say, okay, they'll buy, you know, let's just say five or 10 lots off of the, the developer that puts in all the infrastructure, takes a risk putting in water sewer in the subdivision. Some builders in Coal Lake will go and work with that person and acquire five to 10 lots. And, and so they're sitting on, on lots that they'll do spec houses in, right? Well, we know that those, those people are building homes. Um, it, we want to create, uh, you know, get those infill lots that are throughout Coal Lake, get them with a house so that, uh, you know, we're, because we feel that there's going to be a housing crunch in the coming years here in Coal Lake and we're still councils trying to, or the administration's help trying to move get property listed. And, you know, we were just uh, in a really neat conference, first time I've ever been there, but in Whistler at the uh, ICSC. And, um, you know. International uh, Council for Shopping Centers. Okay. So um, three days of rain in Whistler. But uh, um, the, uh, you know, there was, what, over 2,000 people there. And when you look at some of the property in Coal Lake and you look at what it's selling for, and then you go and walk around and I realize that we're not Squamish or we're not, uh, you know, Southern Ontario or Vancouver, but you know, our, our land prices are, are pretty reasonable. And the view, I mean, can you, Coal Lake view is pretty spectacular. And for us to be down there talking to developers and if we can, if we knew that there was market, you know, lots in Coal Lake or commercial lots that were, that are, you know, ready to go and are on MLS, when you're meeting all these people, you can say, Hey, you know, we've got a piece of property that, yeah, maybe you could put uh, one story uh, commercial um, property and two or three stories uh, of a condos. And, it, you know, it would rival like we saw in Squamish when we were there mm-hmm. uh, at that neat little cafe. And then we looked around, drove around and saw those uh, the condos with all the commercial. I mean, there's no reason why something like that can't be done down at the marina. Yeah, yeah. Especially that uh, the housing... Uh you know, your inventory and the price of rentals are starting to go up again um, because there is an increased economic activity in the community. You're starting to see some of that work there. Um, Council recently had a projection on what rental rates could be within the community. Um, Therefore, uh, housing is going to become a shortfall. So therefore, the demand is there. Um, How how do we, uh, 
move forward. And there is various incentives that are there. The city of Cold Lake is, uh, uh, has proposed various incentives. Uh, they're actually, I think uh, next month council's having some further conversations at their corporate priorities committee meeting on, uh, incentives for, uh, residential housing within the community. So, um, I think it comes down to eventually is going to be the amount of, uh, hammers and skills and trades that you have within the community, right? Sure. And, and somebody has got to take the risk of investing, you know, the significant amount of money to push dirt, put in, put in the plumbing and whatever, but also commercial is like, there's still, you know, there's still this issue that we have that, that oil is going away and, you know, it ain't going away. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, all you got to do is look at what's happening in the United States with all the big mergers of all our oil companies right now. Um, Canada is really looking cheap when it comes to oil companies on the world market. And, um, you know, there, we've, we've, when we were down in Whistler, we, there's still this, uh, concern about the, the oil industry and, and how it's such an anchor for us. But I, I think that, uh, you're going to see, uh, you know, developers come, come into Coal Lake cause, uh, we will be a, gr- a growing, fastest growing population in the area for sure. There's a lot of interest. Like you said, uh, there's been a lot of meetings with developers, uh, a lot of meetings with investors. Um, so it, it's there, right? And it's a matter of those, uh, you know, when we had a good talk at the, IC, uh, what is it, at the ICSC, uh, you know, the top three issues uh, amongst, you know, the investment. If you're asking for like a franchise to come in and the ICSC, I, I describe it as when you go walk down like a West Edmonton mall, and you look at all those businesses that are just, uh, as you walk up and down, those are, they're all there in Whistler and, and they're all talking with people, investors and developers. Except Robert Graham wasn't there. Robert Graham wasn't there. Okay. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, the kind of the top three, you know, issues or, 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 or challenges or considerations for investment is, uh, one is your land prices, right? That's key. Because uh, they already know how much revenue they, you don't need an economic developer to come in and tell them how much money they'll make. They already know what their, the demographics are and how much money they can project in terms of gross revenue. But it's land prices, cost of construction, and interest rates. Yeah, those were the top three uh, in all of those conversations that are of uh, consideration or concern. Interest rates are sitting pretty high, so they want to see, you know, equilibrium in the uh, interest rates in Canada. Otherwise, we're you know. They're, they're really risky because when you're leveraging, you know, maybe two, three, four million dollars and, 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 and a rate fluctuation of a, you know, even a quarter percent, a half a percent point um, becomes a huge factor in the numbers, right? Construction has always been expensive in the Northeast. There's always been that cold lake factor. So it's, it's a question of where, you, where areas of uh, influence the municipality can be in regards to the, that kind of development, commercial retail type of stuff, right? Yeah, no, it was really cool. I mean, especially some of the builders we met, but, uh, and then, uh, the developers asking us, well, what do you think of this store? Would it, would it do well in Cold Lake? So it was fun. I mean, yeah. uh, we're there to support, um, developers that are looking at, or already invested in Cold Lake. Some of them are yeah. of course, already invested in Cold Lake in a big way is like, we're here for support. What can, how can the municipality help? We know that depending on where they're going to locate, there might be another inter- intersection that's required or infrastructure required, another set of lights. You know, that's our role to try to come in and, and help uh, move development. You know, Coal Lake is kind of fractured. There's only so much land that we know uh, people are willing to to sell. And so we got to kind of crack that nut and get, get development going. And you, you have always, you've told council, I don't know if anybody is aware of that, but on the west side of Highway 28, it, there's much more in infrastructure challenges to bring water and sewer over there. It can be done, 
but of course it'll it'll make the development that much more expensive and that's why the east side of highway yeah, 28 we'll there, yeah. is is where all the development sort of occurs uh when you when you drive from south to north yeah yeah but we when we were on that that trip uh uh we got uh we were uh, you know, we, we were told about a certain, a really cool place uh, for people with addiction uh, issues, uh, the John Vulcan uh, Academy. And so you, you had staff work on, on getting a tour. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was unbelievable. That's all I can say. Um, the man has donated, has given all his wealth towards helping people. Uh, he's about 80 years old. We met him, just a beautiful man. And in around Langley and uh, somewhere else in Surrey. Vancouver, Surrey, and uh, pretty cool program. Big commitment. Um, you have to actually have gone to other treatment facilities, uh, and you just can't walk into that one and say, "This is my first time at trying to get help." Um, but you know, they had about thirty or thirty-five clients in there, um, and it's two years of your life. A big commitment, uh, and and but we got to talk to the staff. They're just you know great people, and how they're trying to help people uh, recover. And, and turn their life around. Uh, but that farm where, where you can go work, uh, I mean, not, I've been on some farms. I mean, I'm not a farm guy, but um, uh, I tried to brand a couple of cows once in a while. But um, the, uh, the paved roads on a farm, I don't know if I've ever seen that. But uh, And his buildings were amazing and a clean farm and it's got water buffalo and bison. Um, but what an operation, all modernized. Uh, just stunning. Yeah. Water buffalo and bison, um, complete with, uh, like your butchering and, uh, meats and milk and everything the else. Yeah, had the store there and selling, uh, the, uh, in order to recover all the cost for, uh, for programming and that is happening there. So the, you know, the, the, the kids or the, uh, the students in the, uh, in the academy has to be, uh, has to work. Um, as part of the, they're not kids in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Students, right? Yeah. 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 Students. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, cause it's a two year program to graduate, yeah. uh, and, and whether it's out on the farm, which was, uh, which was fascinating in itself. And, uh, they've got the, uh, superstore type of, uh, right beside this. um, market, I should say, the uh, retail market, uh, furniture warehouse and stuff like that. Uh, that and, they and a moving, moving, business. Co- moving companies, uh, that they own. So the, the kind of the social enterprise, kind of everybody that works into it provides that's revenue in order to run the whole programming of the academy. So yeah, he, he says yeah. that they're almost broke even, yeah. breaking even. And, uh, and then there's residency there. And when you're, after your two years, you can stay on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some houses there. It's just a, it's an amazing program. If anybody is uh, dealing with any issues right now, I, I mean, look this place up. Uh, I, Did we say the name? John Vulcan yeah, Academy. John, John, John Vulcan Academy. Yeah. yeah. And he's got, uh, he's got centers in, in the United States, but the guy's, uh, was amazing in his wall there with all of the orphanages that he helps in Africa. Uh, I mean, who, who gets to meet the Dalai Lama, but, <laughs> uh, you know, a beautiful man. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, in Alberta, this is, you know, council's been in favor of trying to get some kind of a treatment facility up in the Northeast. Um, it, it's tough to say if that model would work for everybody. But certainly, I think something like that can work in Alberta. I think we've got plenty of, of the business concepts to make it work. But basically, what you're doing is uh, reprogramming, you know, the person, right? Reprogramming the brain, get them off their addictions, and and just get them back to a sense of uh, self-worth, and then give them the training skills that you can walk into a job in a couple of years, and, and away you go, because you're getting all those hours, uh, in you know, working on the farm and all the different business entities. No, that's cool. 
That was a great uh, thing. So we got a, a couple of uh, um, big items coming up in Coal Lake, uh, the fishing dur- a tournament, uh, so the ice fishing tournament. The lake uh, froze kind of weird this year. It was a late uh, a late freeze. Um, certainly it didn't freeze until the first couple of weeks in, in January. But we've got some ice heaves out there and uh, certainly uh, a little bit more challenging. Trumps, if you take a run at it? Oh, I don't know if you're going to jump. I think don't? you're going to be oh. crashing and burning. But oh. uh, uh, it's, it's not, in places, it's a bit tricky to to cross. But uh, the ice fishermen, it looks, appears to me that uh, there's more tents out there uh, than I've ever seen. Um, but certainly, they're, they're positioned in some new places this year because of the fact that they couldn't drive out there. People are walking. But uh, we got the age-friendly ice fishing tournament. Uh, and uh, it sold out in 30 hours. And so that should be good. It brings the economic activity to, to Coal Lake. And then we've got snow fever this weekend. Snow fever this weekend. Uh, there's the uh, uh, Aaron Prichett, uh, um concert this weekend. Last weekend was really busy. The U9 um, Coal Lake Minor Hockey Tournament. Yeah. That was a lot of 30, 30 some team, 32 teams. Wow. And boy, the energy center was just a rock and holy man. I, and, uh, Boy, uh, talking with some of the businesses, they said, something's going on in town. There's all these people in town. And yeah, you can tell, right? You got all these, yeah, there's a lot of families that were here. Yeah, you know, it's great. Like when we design the facilities, there's a lot of space to move people around at the Energy Center. And and and, 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 and we built the infrastructure for the different groups to put a host, big, huge, what they want to call it, provincial tournaments, but big tournaments. Colic has a lot of uh, to offer for families to drive up here and, uh, and like a lot of the teams were from Sherwood Park. Sherwood Park just loves coming up uh, to Coal Lake to play hockey. Uh, but there's a lot of teams from all over the kind of northeast part of uh, the province. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, I talked to, yeah, people from all over the province here. So that was great. That was great. Um, that being said, at the Energy Center you mentioned, there is a little bit of, you know, conversations around social disorder and stuff like that. Uh, there's been some incidences that has been there. Um, I guess it bleeds into that conversation a little bit. I know... Uh, there has been social media comments in regards to homeless and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, it is a file that the city of Cold Lake's working on. Um, uh, we want to come like, you know, one thing, not everything that's happening at the energy center. One is, is a certain demographic. There's a cross section, right? You have, um, different age of kids, uh, different times of day, um, and homeless. Like that's, it's, there's a whole bunch of, there has been some media releases in that regard and, um, city council will be looking at, uh, at its next, uh, corporate priorities committee meeting uh, is there's an agenda item talking about compartmentalization of that energy center to, to narrow down to all of the open space. Cause it is a big facility and yeah. we got to do something. I mean, it's just society in general. It's just, it's not the energy center, but, uh, you know, there's just a lack of respect out there and, uh, you know, our business community is getting hammered. Uh, we're getting so much theft right now. We're going to go to a, a session up in North Battleford talking about, uh, you know, this whole crime uh, issue that we're facing in rural, uh, rural Western Canada. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it all starts with the courts. And if you're just letting these people go out the next minute, um, you know, that's just, this is why we've led to this, in my opinion. Uh, we need to start prosecuting and putting people away uh, for a long time. And if that means building jails, then so be it. But you got to start... People are not getting punished for what they're doing now. And, you know, I, I just heard of another business the other day getting broken into and skidoos getting stolen. And you just go, oh, my God, you know, like, you know, there's just a lack of respect. Uh, 
out there and someone's going to get hurt. I, you know, I, I think that, um, that day is coming down the pipe. Uh, yeah, there, you know, uh, I know that, uh, there's been lots of talks. So how come you don't have cameras in the energy center and back to the energy center? Sorry about that. Um, there is cameras all through, throughout the energy center, but there is not cameras on every single square inch. And, and, and it comes to a question of what cost do you put a whole bunch of infrastructure when a lot of times the individuals are, you can't identify them necessarily um, conclusively on these cameras, even though that they're very high definition. Um, again, just recently the, uh, the elevators got fixed and then now we have another one that's been uh, vandalized and waiting for parts care. on. So, you know, it's really unfortunate and uh, some of them, yes, they are during the day. Uh, some of them are in the evening. I don't want to point fingers, ne fingers necessarily on the, on the issue, but uh, um, yes, can you put full-time security? Somebody asked, can you put full-time security in the, inside the energy center? Well, if you put full-time security, um, that is a significant cost. Um, we have uh, security that is on random that is there at certain times and peak periods of the day, um, um, including municipal enforcement. But uh, it comes to the question of uh, if you put full-time and you put X amount of quarter million dollars worth of salaries into it, um, what are we going to, kind of offshoot from that to fund that program, right? Or are you, how do you raise revenue in order to do that? So yeah, those are all being considered and, and, uh, conversations with city council to try to balance because it is, it is a financial impact to the community at the end of the day. So what is the best scenario is being, uh, being looked at. Well, let's end the podcast on a positive, uh, vibe. And so we, we just found out the other day that, uh, our area, Coal Lake, uh, Bonneville, MD Bonneville, uh, Glendon, uh, got awarded the 2026 Alberta Winter Games. And so uh, this is for athletes under 18, and uh, it's going to be exciting. And we're going to zip up to Grand Prairie this weekend to see uh, how they are hosting the games. But uh, we haven't hosted the games since 2010, and a lot has changed in our area when you look at our infrastructure that has been built since. And I think we're going to be in a great place um, to host the games in 26, we might need a lot of volunteers, but, uh, you know, I, the, the, what I kind of missed in the announcement, I thought was a significant, uh, development in terms of funding. The province has come in in a huge way, uh, to help, uh, whoever's hosting now in our case and the 26, they've basically doubled them, their financial commitment. And, uh, and I thought that got missed by the media, uh, at the press conference, but I think they deserve the provinces a lot of credit. And I, especially the staff. I know the staff were really, that we've been working with Alberta Sports, and they were really kind of look, trying to lobby for the, the province to, to pony up because they know it's a big expense. It's going to be like one and a half to $2 million of expenses. All the municipalities are in for a significant share. And of course, we'll be, uh, we'll be out with our cap in hand trying to get uh, some sponsorship, but uh, it's going to be a, a, good, a good time and over 18 sports. And uh, you're involved last time with the judo. Yeah, well, hey, um, way back in the day, I went to the Alberta Winter Games before I went to uh, the Canadian Winter Games. So there's some qualifiers that yeah. would take you all the way up to can uh, the Canadian and then play international. Um, but yes, judo, uh, I was a, a judokin in uh, in the Winter Games and uh, also at the last one, I was the uh, judo chair, yes, yeah. So you'll be in the chair again, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, but you never know, maybe there's another judo person in the in the area well that would be great i wear many hats there you go <laughs> no it's going to be good i mean uh, we're just getting our feet wet um and eventually there'll be a games uh, uh manager games chair whatever the title will be eventually that position will be advertised um but you know it's a slow we've got two years um 
one thing people got to realize is our our infrastructure is in good you know in a good place i think we're uh, going to be in a good spot to to host the games and then the school divisions are all aware and on board because uh, that's where the athletes spend their 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 downtime is inside the school so it'll be, be a lot of fun and uh, and uh you know especially when you look at Kinnisu Ridge ski hill i mean it's certainly different uh from 2010 i mean the md's invested in a beautiful lodge over there and and the facilities and and we've got a new arena uh from last time or two possibly two arenas mm-hmm. but um no, it's going to be great. It'll yeah. be a busy community though during that time. It, it does. It brings its own economic uh, 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 kind of uh, intake because you it's the kids, but you got all the families that all come. Now, the kids may be staying all within the uh, schools and stuff like that and and uh, their sleeping bags and stuff like that, but all the families are coming as well. So they're staying in the hotels and everything else. And yeah. um, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that are happening during that time, which is uh, very exciting for the whole Northeast. I was teasing the mayor of Glendon at the press conference. I said, you're probably, your location is going to be the hot commodity because your food over there is going to be like all those pierogies and pierogies, all the athletes. Lots of pierogies need be to be fed and they won't even be able to skate or whatever. I mean, their arena will probably won't be one of the locations you did for hockey, ringette or whatever. But I said, man, you guys are going to feed those athletes great. Yeah. Oh, ringette? Yeah, ringettes in there, speed skating. Is it, is it a, yeah, that's awesome. We're yeah. going to have to paint the lines, I Gymnastic guess, in the, uh, in not, the ice. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we haven't done wrestling, that. Wrestling, is a, there's a co-lake athletes coming in for wrestling. So you got your judo, badminton, archery. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, in the in the skiing. There's skiing. Uh, there's cross country skiing and biathlon. Hmm. So I thought, wow, biathlon on Cold Lake wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. I think they need yeah. hills, and yeah. so the lake doesn't have a lot of hills. Well, yeah, you you can use the MD of Bonneville campground and stuff like that for the. Yeah, I think these guys like bigger hills. Yeah, bigger ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's going to be Les Parsons. He's on the. He's he's going with me to Grand Prairie. That's his assignment to, oh. to see, check out that biathlon. That's this weekend. Yeah, we're on our way tomorrow, so uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good trip, and uh, I'm sure Grand Prairie will do a great job. Right on, right on. All right, right. Kevin, I think we we did. Wait, we're, I was trying to figure out who number 28 for the Toronto Maple Leafs was back in the day. I want to say it's Bobby Bond, but I, I, I'm probably wrong. But I'm sure all those Leaf fans that listen to us will correct me and text me who 28 was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. Hey, okay. uh, talking about the Leafs last night, a kid from Wainwright got a hat trick. His last name is McMahon. Yeah, so a shout out to him. He he came off of uh, he was sitting in the press box, and they had a couple of let's just say uh, uh, suspensions and injuries on the Leafs, and uh, he stepped in and got a hat trick. So uh, a good good little hockey player from Wainwright. So a shout shout out for one of our our local guys. Wow, wow! And uh, Junior Bees have made the playoffs. Junior Bees in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah they're starting in uh, uh, Lloyd this weekend, I think, and uh, then they're playing here on Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah wish them all the, all the best. Right on. Good stuff.